Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Hear these words of scripture. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you pray, to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Linda. Today we're in, in week two of our worship series, James, Doers of the Word. Now the book of James is a practical, blunt, and challenging book of scripture. And it gets to the root of what it really means to live out the Christian faith. I heard one person describe it as a beautifully crafted punch in the gut for those who want to follow Jesus. So in this series, we are being challenged to think about the, the so what of our faith. So what if you've received the grace of Jesus into your heart? So what if you have been saved or claimed by Christ? How will your life look different because of that? How will you act different because of your relationship with God? Because in one sense, when we decide to follow Jesus, we're still the same. We are human and fallible and sinful, but then in another sense, we are also new creations, ready to embrace a new way of living. Whether we've done this for years or whether we are a newly minted follower of Jesus Christ, we must continually ask ourselves, how is my faith evident in my daily life? Let's pray. Light of Christ, shine on our path. Illuminate the darkness and lead us to the heart of you. Amen. If we're honest, I bet that when Linda read this morning's scripture, we've all probably squirmed a little bit. We've all done what James describes in this scripture. We've all shown favoritism in certain, to certain people or in one way or another. We try not to. We don't really probably want to. We want to do better than that. 
But society has drilled into us to value people on an outward appearance only, rather than looking to one another's inherent worth. Now, before I became a pastor, throughout high school and college and even into seminary, I was a waitress. My last job waitressing tables was at a high-end restaurant in the town in which we were living. And it catered to people who wanted to forget that they were in Ohio. That for a moment, they could pretend that they were in South Beach or Monaco or just somewhere that wasn't the Rust Belt of Ohio. And I very clearly remember our pre-service meetings where our manager would gather all of our servers together and we would go over all of the reservations for the night and which one of us was going to serve each high-end customer. And we would wait as servers for in anticipation to see who got the special wine room because that's where the really big spenders were. And we talked about who liked what wine and how each person liked to be treated, whether they wanted to be more formal or more relaxed, and how we could help them have the best experience possible. Because happy customers meant happy tips, and happy tips meant happy waitresses. And I struggled with these meetings, though, because, yes, I, I wanted, I needed the tips. I needed the money. That's why I was there. But shouldn't we be making sure that everyone was getting the best possible experience? What about the people who were coming in to celebrate an anniversary or a birthday who didn't normally go to a place like that, but they were excited to be there and to have that experience? Maybe that table wouldn't give us as big of a tip because they didn't spend as much money, but weren't they just as important as the other tables? This is the type of experience that James is speaking about in today's scripture. Beginning in verse 2, it says, Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing the fine clothes, and you say, here's a good seat for you, but then you say to the poor man, you stand there, or even sit here on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? And then in verse 6, it says, Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? So James here is actually speaking to the poor and the working classes, calling them out on giving preferential treatment to those whom they think are actually going to give them more. They're going to make their lives easier. They think will benefit them in some way the most. Because back then, as it is now, they were taught that money talks. Money matters. James is asking here, he's asking these individuals, who are you really looking out for? Are you interested in yourselves and how much someone can help you in the situation? Or are you actually interested in the person in front of you, in helping or caring or serving that individual in some way? 
James sees this as the core of our faith. Pay attention to how he begins this chapter. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Believers must not show favoritism. The New Revised Standard Version of Scripture says, do you not with your acts really believe? Do you not with your acts really believe? So James is saying, with your acts, we see what you really believe. You can say you believe all kinds of things, but with your life, that is what will bear witness to your true beliefs. We often use this word believe as an intellectual term. To believe in something is to, to hold it in our heads as, as fact or truth. And certainly there is that intellectual component to belief. But that's not the only component. There's also a component of action. Think about the often quoted scripture, John 3.16. And it declares that whoever believes... And it's not asking here for just an intellectual acceptance of Jesus. That's good. But it's also asking for a life that reflects the core beliefs of living into who Jesus Christ was. Does your life and your witness, do your actions and your words, do they tell the story, the truth that you believe that Jesus Christ is, in fact, Lord of your whole life? That's what it means to believe in the New Testament. And then for James, at the heart of this believing is how we view and treat others. He's speaking specifically here about distinguishing between rich and poor, but we know that this challenge extends far beyond that. That's why when I say I, every service, I begin the service with we intentionally make space for everyone to encounter the unconditional love of God. It doesn't matter your age, your gender, your race, your income level, your sexual orientation, or your ability. You are welcome here. We make that proclamation because those are just some of the ways that we separate people into categories. Often we say we like to separate people into categories, but I don't think we really like to do it. I think it's something that happens, whether it's intentional or unintentional. And so I wonder, as we go into this next week, what would it look like to challenge yourself to think, am I really, in this moment, am I giving preferential treatment to this person? And what would it look like if we were honest with ourselves? Even if in that moment, the answer was yes. And then to be honest, to say yes, and then to ask why. And share that with God and, and ask for strength and courage to change in that moment and do that over and over and over again. Acknowledging that that trying again and again and again, that's what helps us to become more and more like Jesus. It's not just a one and done thing. Because what it comes down to is that we are fallible and broken humans. And we tend to, like, to give pressure, preferential treatment to others. 
but we don't do it necessarily intentionally. I challenge you to live this next week, living in the knowledge of what Paul says in the book of Romans. And I am convinced, he says, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Not even if we ask ourselves, am I giving preferential treatment? If the answer is yes, that doesn't separate us from God's love. We are loved unconditionally, no matter what, in that moment, just as every other moment of our lives. And that is such good news. Amen? Glory, glory to God. Amen. I invite you, we're going to move into a time of prayer. And so I invite you to share if you are here and you would like to have us pray with you or for you, please, um, there's some blue prayer cards in the pews in front of you. There's, um, during this song, you can get those up to me either by an usher or just you can run it up here yourself. I don't care. And then online, you can share in the comments on Facebook and you can also email us. And we, no matter how you send your prayers, we will be praying with and for one another. I invite you to stand as you are able and let us sing our next song.
this morning. Craig, before you sit, can you stand? <laughs> um, we have a couple of birthdays today that are in-house. We have a Miss Kathy Abel, Mrs. Abel, and we have a Miss Chuck, Ge or, yes, a Mr. Miss, sorry Chuck, a Mr. Chuck Gezzi. And so I feel like since it's today and we're here in this holy space, that we need to, to sing these people happy birthday. Can you do that for me? On the, on the, like, just off the cuff? Yay!
are fun and they should be celebrated. We also, I do want to celebrate, we have Sean, who is serving as our accompanist right now on the piano, and then also highlight Michaela, who is our new music director, and she's up here singing with us, um, and just excited for all of the new faces around here, and for the ways that you give. And also, um, prayers for everyone who are, that are going back to school. Um, and all that that brings, the, the excitement, the nervousness, and prayers, especially as we're all navigating together this new Delta variant, and, and especially for, those, for children and those who are not vaccinated, un, unable to be vaccinated, prayers for everyone as they're going into this new time. And also, um, I do have prayers. Kathy is asking prayers for the success of a skin graft tomorrow. And Janine asked for prayers for a co-worker's mom, Kathy, who is battling the end stages of cancer. It is good that God hears our prayers, no matter what our prayers are, no matter if we have the words or we don't have the words. God hears us, and so let us go to our Lord in prayer. Beloved God, we thank you for your kindness towards us. Thank you for loving us all and calling us all your children. Help us to recognize our kin and to give our lives in peaceful family relationships with all of creation. God, free us from our self-centeredness and from our fear of strangers so that we might meet the Savior that is in broken humanity. God, even our own broken humanity, knowing that you are there with us and within us. God, you know that your people are suffering. You've heard the names, the situations that we've lifted aloud this morning, and we pray that where there is woundedness, that you might bring healing. Where there's disappointment, that you bring comfort, and where there is grief, that you might bring the power of new life that is found in you. So often, Lord, we are quick to name the problems and the disappointments of life, and we forget to give you praise for those things that are good and right and those things that fill us with joy. So now we think of those things. We fill our minds and our hearts with all our abundant blessings that you bestow upon us and the gift of new life that is in you. God, give us confidence that when we don't have the words to pray, that we might know that your spirit intercedes for us, that whatever we have to bring to you, whether it's groans or nothing, that it is good and it is good enough. And so we pause now to lift up to you our silent prayers that lay heavy on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Fill us with your spirit, O Lord. Give us the strength and the courage to authentically follow you in this world. And we pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray together the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is good to worship together this morning, and I pray that God's spirit goes with you, that the squeals that we hear of the children outside live in your hearts and, and your minds. And as we go from this place, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
hallelujah. A new hallelujah. Okay. So will I. I did. Which one? So will I. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 